to your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Lau, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interactions and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guests' mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Laub. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Celestial Spoon, and thank you so much for taking the time from your busy day to spend with me and listen and learn from my guests. I hope that you're enjoying the summer, um, which is coming to the end, and um, here on Long Island, New York, it has been really crazy. We had a heat wave, and then we had constant rain, and now it's back and forth, so... I hope you're having nice, steady, comfortable weather where you're at. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. You can learn more on my website, www.katherinemlab.com. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Denise Mange about animal communication and more. Denise is the founder of Pet Prana and a certified dog trainer, animal communicator, pet numerologist, and Reiki 2 practitioner. Denise began her spiritual journey through connecting with animal companions and believes that our pets truly are experts at providing clues that help us identify stagnant energies and patterns in ourselves. So I'm excited and looking forward to learn more about pet prana and animal communication because um, I can sense my own animals' um, stress times and whatever, but I never really learned about animal communication. So this is going to be a great conversation. So hi, Denise. Welcome. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I used to live very near to you. I used to be in New York City. I've lived there for 13 years. Um, so I love that that's where you're centered. It's amazing energy out there. Yes, there is. And um, truthfully, we are looking to move away from Long Island because it's just too expensive. And, yeah. <laughs> the, the price point will get you. Exactly. So... Um, 
I did know that you had lived in, in New York City, and I know we'll get a little more involved in conversation about that in a little bit, too. But I pulled a card from the Wisdom of Avalon Oracle mm -hmm. Card Deck by Paulette Baron Reed, and the card is the Novice. Innocence, beginner, ignorance, new skill without practice, unstable curiosity. So this card has a lot of light green in it, and I'm feeling that there's a little bit of healing going on, not in your life, but somebody close to you. And it's not anything that's serious, but it's something that's been on the forefront of the burner of conversation. Um, it's like this, this person is a strong person, and they're, they're kind of upset because they don't know how to handle being um, ill at all which is interesting thinking about it now. That sounds just like my mother. I just wrote that about my, mother, my uncle before. <laughs> but is there someone in your life that sounds like this? There is. And actually, um, interestingly enough, it might be a persona of myself. And I think it might be showing up as an outside person not within me because I have been working to, um, you know, replace it and change the patterns so that it's no longer an ingrained part of me, that I can replace that aspect of myself with uh, something more serving at this point. I know I've had a lot of um, back problems and neck problems, which I've, I've never had before. So, um, you know, I, 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 was, uh, I was a little upset about that. I was a little upset with my body, being like, what is going on? You know, we're, we're here to be vital and healthy and... Um, so I think I've been working through that a little bit and, and reminding myself that our, our physical body can actually act as wonderful pieces of communication and clues for us. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I learned that the hard way myself. That's very interesting. I love the way that you explain that it's an outside persona. I never heard it explained that way, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's part of the, some of the modalities and works that I do. And, you know, persona work is so helpful to help um, embody our patterns, right, because I'm a very visual person. So if I can assign a character to a different belief that I have or a pattern that I have, it makes it easier for me to get to know that pattern and really identify them in other places in my life. It becomes more recognizable and tangible. Huh. Um... Carolyn Mace, she talks about something. Um, it'll come to me. <laughs> well, I actually had a question. Did you do you always use the Wisdom of Avalon deck, or is that one that you chose no. specifically for me? This is one that I've had for many years, and I just opened it last week. I love it because I have a huge connection with Avalon, and. Um, the really cool thing, too, about that is, you know, the work I do, we'll get into it more, but it's about the chakras. And the fourth chakra has to do with that opening of the heart. And, you know, the earth, just like humans, has chakras as well. And the earth's fourth chakra is in Glastonbury, which is around the area that they thought um, King Arthur had his, uh, his castle in Camelot. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow, that is very interesting. And also on the card, there's a number five. Mm, oh, that makes sense, too. With five, I have um, 
I totally even forgot about it. I have major thyroid issues <laughs> that sometimes leave me pretty tired and, and fatigued and, you know, I don't have, um, you know, the full head of hair that I used to. And so I definitely have been not thrilled about that situation as well and, and working through that. <laughs> do you have Hashimoto's? I do. <laughs> Are you familiar with that as well? I am very familiar with it because I struggle all the time. <laughs> yeah, so you you know how it is. There's some days that, you know, we just have to listen to our bodies and, and uh, not push ourselves too hard and, and try to understand what's, you know, what's the energetic message for us. Exactly. And, you know, um, I know also that you are going to get into a little bit about empathy and being an empath, and mm -hmm. that... Um, was part of my thyroid um, journey, I guess we want to call it, because being an empath, I was absorbing things but didn't know how to explain and get it out, and that's mm -hmm. the thyroid, which is our communication area. So I totally forgot about tracking my communication with when my thyroid is acting up. Oh, interesting. Well, I'll tell you, my thyroid, I, I completely agree with you because uh, my Hashimoto's really um, bubbled up to the surface when I was working in advertising. And it, it was that whole thing of not speaking your truth, right? Your client asks you how you're doing that day, and you might be having a miserable day, but you have to say, oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Forget about me. It's not about my needs or my truth. It's about, you know, the brand and you and how you feel. So, uh -huh. yeah, you know, that, that whole notion of standing in our truth and speaking our truth, if we don't do it, there, there can be really big physical ramifications. Exactly, and I'm sure you know that the thyroid really controls a lot of what happens in our bodies. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, a, small gland, it, sorry, it's a small gland, but it's a powerful one, isn't it? Yes, it is. And how I really found out more about it is my grandson was born in December of um, 2009. And that um, New Year's Eve, I was in the hospital because my doctor thought I was having a heart attack. And I had pressure on my chest and I was short of breathing and it was horrible. So they sent me by ambulance to the hospital and they said, no, everything's fine with the levels, and, you know, the EKG is a little abnormal, but, you know, we'll monitor you. So for mm -hmm. five days in the hospital, the only thing they found was the Hashimoto's was out of whack. So I started learning about the thyroid at that time, and I went to my regular doctor. I said, look, I have this, I have that, I have that, I have that. And she said, no, all it is is stress. I mm -hmm. said, you're, you're going to tell me that holding my nine-pound grandson on my chest and enjoying him is what's causing me not to breathe? I do not think so. Mm. At that and time, I thought, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. it's that you trusted your own intuition. You know, a lot of us with thyroid issues, you go to the doctor and they say, oh, you just need more exercise or you're depressed or, you know, this, that, mm -hmm. the other. But you know, we know our bodies and we know when 
when something is a little off. And it, interestingly enough, animal companions and pets, they can have, uh, you know, hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism, and it affects their behaviors as well. Right, exactly. And I don't think most doctors would follow up and, and test for something like that. Right, and so that's where as pet parents we can use our voice in that fifth chakra to be advocates for our pets. You know, I've realized that with um, a lot of dogs who have on-leash reactivity, a lot of them have an imbalanced thyroid. And so they do a lot better once they have a little medication just like we're on. And, um, you know, it just helps mitigate a little bit of that reactivity. So if you ever are working with a pet parent and, you know, their dog is reactive, and especially if it happens kind of overnight, I always say, you know what, let's do the traditional training and, you know, work on the energetics, but let's also, you know, next time that you're at the vet, check those, those you know, thyroid levels because, uh, you know, just like as humans, sometimes we can pretty suddenly get off balance. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I never thought about thinking about that for our animals. We have one that's hyper and the other one is very calm. Begin at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, the one that's very calm, she's always licking herself and, and just to the extreme. And um, I never thought that that could be related to her thyroid. So we're going to have that checked out. Always a good thing to do, right? It's pretty simple. Um, it's you know, not one of the more expensive procedures at the vet. So if there's right. a reason for concern, better be safe than sorry. Exactly. Um, and, then, and then the cool thing is, you know, if your animal companion does happen to have, you know, a physical issue, of course we want to address it. But we can also garner a lot of insight about, you know, our lives when we're thinking about what's going on with our animal companion, whether it's behavioral or physical symptoms. There's always lessons in it for us. Yes, yes. And I just remembered another thing when her name is Candy, the bigger one, and she's an American bulldog. When she has an ear infection, my ear starts hurting. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that funny? Wow. Yes. And then you'll have to notice situationally what's going on when that infection started taking place. You know, a uh-huh. lot of infections are, you know, what do we not want to hear? Do we not want to hear, you know, whether it's our inner wisdom and guidance? Or maybe it's, right. you know, things that other people are saying about us um, or we think right. they're saying about us. So there's so so much fodder when um, there's a change to our routine or our, our normal. Right. Another great way of looking at it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. And so, so you know, speaking of that, I'm actually just pulling the numerology behind Candy's name. So if you just give me one second here, I'm going to do a little quick math in my head. Okay, it's K-A-N-D-I. Oh, oh, wow, I was completely off on the spelling. Uh K-A-N-D-I. Okay, so let me pull that. Okay, that's definitely a different spelling. So that's yep. really neat. So she leads with the two, you know. So so that's about, you know, the balance, the balance between masculine and feminine, the balance between, you know, our perceptions and reality. So she's really helping you get that um, dual perspective in life, which is kind of neat. Um, 
interestingly enough, she has um, the one and the five vibrations within her name right together, which in my experience has a little bit to do with a little bit of um, stubborn tendencies or maybe just very, you know, she knows what she wants and, and uh, you know, not many people are going to convince her otherwise. Um, but she also carries a beautiful balance with um, very heart-centered, empathic numbers of four and nine. Um, when we add those all together, we're lo- looking at, just a second, five plus four is nine, 10, 19, 20, 21. She's a three. So her overall vibration of her name is a three, which is the self-expressive creative. Um, she is the catalyst for change. She's the one who you want to go to if you're thinking about a blog or how to express a new idea. Sit with her and she'll bring you the the, uh, inspiration. Um, She's really got that spark, that transformation to her, and she's here to help you with the magic of the world. And she does definitely do that. (laughs) She (laughs) makes us laugh. And my husband calls it the stately look because she'll be standing, well, sitting there looking and saying, well, I'm the queen of the house. You have to do what I say. <laughs> That's that one in five, side by side. I know that energy well because I also carry that in my name. Um, and I'm an Aries. So I, I get her a stately stance. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to borrow that expression. When people call me stubborn, I'll say, no, it's a stately stance. Exactly, and I don't even have to look at her. Just um, actually yesterday sitting eating dinner, Tony said to me, I'm getting that stately stance again, and she's just looking. I said, I don't even have to look. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how wonderful. So that's where you both share that open-heartedness, and, you know, with your heart being so open, um, I'm sure that you probably have a lot of, ways and strategies to cleanse your energy and create some energetic boundaries, especially with the work you do. You know, with your story, it's so beautiful that you share it. And, you know, you want to be open-hearted so that people feel they can approach you and empathize with you, but you also need to protect a little bit of your energy for your behalf, but also for your animal companion's behalf. Because Candy, with that, you know, number four in her name, she picks up energy. So if you're not doing your energetic cleansing, she'll pick that on for you. Um, So is she the one who does a lot of the licking? Say that again? Is Candy the one that does all the licking? Yes. Yes, she is. So that feels like an energetic cleanse that she's doing. It's almost like, you know, how humans, we brush off energy sometimes if we're, you know, visualizing an energetic uh, cleansing. It feels like that's that's a little bit of her process. Wow. Interesting. So how would I clear her energy? So the beauty of that is, you know, we no longer can come from a place of separation. We're all moving into this new reality where mind, body, and our energetic connection are all, you know, one and the same. So, you know, whereas in the past we've looked at, you know, living and and training and connecting with our animal companions as me telling them what to do or me projecting what I want onto them, now we're in a situation where, Um, Our energies are so connected that if you do an energetic cleanse and that you set yourself as a proxy, you say, all right, I'm going to practice my energetic hygiene with the intention that my animal companions are going to be cleansed as well, that my home is going to be cleansed as well, that all our auras are going to be cleansed as well, 
and we might as well throw the neighborhood into it as well. Um, we can use ourselves as the um, as the uh, the vessel and set the intention to clear the energy, and that's how we can do it for them. Or if you have an animal companion who loves being you no know, touched or massaged, just simply swiping them in long um, you know long strokes that helps just get off the energy as well. Um, you know, visualizations are great. Toning and singing with them is great. There's so many different strategies. It's all about finding what works for you and um, your particular situation. Right. Wow. I never thought about clearing my energy and including all of that at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we're, it's all like one big spider web. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's interesting because we've really come to a place of, um, you know, connection in a lot of areas in our lives, but they're still slightly compartmentalized. You know, like with exercise, we don't do jazzercise anymore. We tend to do yoga practice, right, which, of course, we stretch our body and we move our muscles and we're giving our mind something to meditate on, but it also helps our energy, right? The way that we pick our food now, you know, what food and nutrients we're going to put into our body, it's a lot more mindful. So it's really time that we translate that notion to our animal companions and, and how we live and relate with them. Right. And in fact, <clears throat> excuse me, Candy has a lot of allergies, so she has to have special food. Yeah, and so that's really interesting because I see it that in a lot of very sensitive animal companions. Um, they're becoming a lot more sensitive to the food, to um, clean products in their environment. And a lot of them, this may or may not be Candy's case, but there are a lot of dogs that I work with who full moons, new moons, cosmic activity, you know, we were recently in Lionsgate, wow, did they lose their minds. You know, they just were completely um, behaving in ways that they don't usually. So there are those animal companions that are really sensitive to cosmic activity as well as food additives and that kind of stuff. And then there's the other animal companions who it doesn't phase them at all. So it's really about knowing your own pet and understanding them intimately. So, um, yeah, I I know that there's like Candy and Lucy's the the little one. She's my Yorkie, and she's totally opposite. Um, mm-hmm. All she wants is the constant attention, jumping all over the place and everything. And she's, I believe, that she's aware when there's spirits around wanting my attention because she'll start barking out of the blue. It's like, there's nothing around here. So wow. I think she's a little more in, you know, in tuned that way. You are absolutely right. And I'm just going to double check the spelling, L-U-C-Y. Is that correct? L-U-C-I. L-U-C-I. So, yep. all right. so that's really cool because her name is, let's see, it's so balanced. So her name is made up by the vibration of 333 three, three, and 9. So 3 wow. times 3 is 27 plus 9. So oh, can't see that math right now. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So it, she's an 18. She's a 9. Wow, she carries a lot of 9. So basically every single number within her name and her soul's vibration has the um, tendency of an old soul compassionate and a higher perspective. So nine is all about purpose work and soul work and light activation. 
Um, so she's really helping me with that. And um, the three is in her name. She absolutely is intuitive and sees spirits and all that good stuff. So she's barking at a corner in your apartment inexplicably. There's definitely something there, a portal or a visitor. So just make sure that um, you use that as an opportunity to clear your house and set the intention that anything that's not for the highest and greatest good is sent back to a place of love for transmutation and blessing. Thank you. I didn't even think about being that she was looking at something on the negative aspect. I was just thinking, oh, my father's here, so she's letting me know, you know, something like that. And and that's a good point because it's not always a negative thing. It's just, you know, something that may not be easily seen by our own human eyes. We might sense it. We might not. You know, I'm a big fan of, you know, um, not saying like, oh, my gosh, every disembodied spirit is a bad spirit. You know, we know that's not true. It's just um, it's something that they're drawing our attention to. If you, you know, there's just no harm in saying, if this is something that does not serve me, send it back to, you know, source creator and into love. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want pet parents to think that every time their dog's barking at a dark corner, it means there's some dark energy in your house because that's absolutely not the case. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is a big thing to look at um, because I know when my father is around and, you know, I, I always sense, sense the spirits in the house and everything. And um, a lot of times at night I'll be afraid to go to sleep because sometimes I sense a negative energy. Yeah. And the only known thing that I knew about was to say, okay, please go back to where you belong and, you know, let me sleep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I totally get that. You know, when I was uh, little, I was incredibly intuitive. And I was actually very clairvoyant and clairsentient. So I would, you know, 8 o'clock came around, it was my bedtime. I would go to bed and I'd be like, oh, man, in that corner, that old man's there again. Like, it would freak me out. And so I ended up closing down my intuition because, you know, I was young. I would tell my mom, and she said, oh, it's your imagination. There's nothing there. Um, so I just kind of got freaked out and, and closed down my intuition. So it's very interesting because, you know, I went through life and then I kept having these experiences of my psychic abilities coming back little by little. And it wasn't until I had the opportunity to work with animal companions that I felt it was safe to open up to my intuition again. So I think, you know, animals provide such a gift in that way. You know, whereas if, you know, we think, okay, if I open up to my psychic abilities or clairvoyance or clairsentience, I don't want to see humans, you know, disembodied humans. That's going to freak me out. But if we think, wow, if I opened up to my psychic abilities, I can connect with my dog and know what's going on in his head, heck yeah, sign me up, right? So they make, um, they create a safe space for us to open back up to our intuition. And that's interesting the way you described it because I think that's the same thing that happened with me. Mm. Uh, when I was younger, I know that I saw a lot of spirits, but then as I got older, I didn't see as many. And mm. now that I'm open again, it's, I see and sense a lot more. So I think the same thing happened that I was told, oh, no, 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 and I shut it down. So. Yeah, and a lot of us were growing up. And what I think is really cool about the new generation is, you know, we are all, you know, to that point where we're opening back up, maybe closed down as children, but we're working hard to get back to where we were with our psychic intuition and our natural abilities. Mm-hmm. So 
cool thing about that is the next generation coming in, like, you know, I have two very young nephews. One is four, the other is two. The four-year-old is incredibly sensitive to energy. He sees things. And now, because I understand it, I'm there to explain to him what he's seeing. You know, so my sister was like, oh, my gosh, what do we tell Luke? Like, you know, what's going to happen? And, and I said, let's not tell him his imagination or his making anything up. Let's explain to him in a way that's age appropriate what's going on. You know, so ever since he's been little, we talk about the chakras, we talk about grounding energy, and he kind of understands there's a friend who comes sometimes to check in with him, and he's a happy friend, so it's okay. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see how the next generation is going to be in their gifts and abilities, because hopefully they won't have to close it down. We're there to explain to them what's going on and help them manage, you know, any fears or trepidations that might come up with the, uh, you know, with the psychic opening. Right, and I am noticing that, um, you know, I'll be, I'll give an example of what I want to say. Um, My husband and I were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and we had a wonderful waiter at dinner. And Mm. we were talking about just generalizations, and he said, yeah, I'm waiting just at night, and I have um, two young children at home. And I said, you have a daughter around four years old or something? He says, yes. I says, well, do you believe in psychics and the abilities? He says, yes. I said, well, I'm a psychic, and I know that your daughter has a lot of abilities, and mm-hmm. she's already express- expressing it. And he says, oh, my God, you are so right, and, you know, I wasn't sure what I should do about it. Should I let her just keep on going on and, and believing and seeing? I said, you need to let her know that it's okay, mm-hmm. and you have to tell her that, this is normal, and let me know what you see and, and talk to me about it. And he texted his wife right away, and they were like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Well, how beautiful of you to be, you know, in your listening and having the courage to speak up. You know, once again, that fifth chakra is popping itself up in our conversation. But, yeah, you know, that's what's so important. You know, we don't want to impose ourselves on, on others, but, we are here to share our gifts in loving and compassionate ways for those who are ready to receive it. So what a wonderful um, path you set this little girl on and helping her parents also understand what's going on if maybe they don't, you know, they haven't experienced anything like that firsthand. How wonderful. Yeah, and it's just, you know, like you said, um, you were both clairvoyant and clairsentient, and for me, I have all of the clairs, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant, and just with the combination of all of that, I get bombarded and just know to tell this person what's going on. And the beauty of, you know, what you were saying is that the next generation do see a lot more, and it's up to the parents to nurture them and know that it's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, what a, what a bright future we're, we're setting up for the, the new earth we're all creating. Yes, I love it. It really mm-hmm. is nice. So let's get back to the animal communication. What else would you like to share about um, how you work with them and communicate with them and relationship, let's say, to their behavior? Absolutely. So, you know, as we were touching upon earlier, 
nowadays, as we're entering uh, more sensitivity to energies and our animal companions are so much more sensitive to our energy and the energy of what's going on, going on in their households and in the environment in general, um, you know, my approach to traditional dog training is not so traditional. I've created a mindful approach to living, connecting, and training your pets. And so, you know, it is really important that when we're working with our animal companions that we leverage traditional training because their physical body needs something to do. They need boundaries, just like human children. They also need jobs to do. You know, it, it, it makes them feel good about themselves when they learn commands and they're bonding with you through, you know, achieving goals together. But with any pet behavior, whether it's something like on-leash reactivity, if your dog barks on leash or separation anxiety or even, um, you know, if your dog jumping up at you a lot or attention barking at you or even moments of crisis, like a health crisis with your pet or if your pet's lost, of course there's, you know, traditional training aspects that we want to leverage, but we also want to look at the energetic message that each is sending. Because just simply using traditional training techniques, I found has not provided complete shifts in the animal companion's behaviors. So, for example, you know, I lived in New York City, you're in, in Long Island, you know how the hustle and bustle can be stressful for animal companions. Yes. That, that was actually the number one reason people would call me in as a dog trainer was to work with Amish reactivity. So I started realizing patterns in the animal companion homes that, you know, we were working with Amish reactivity. And so oftentimes the pet parents felt, you know, a little ungrounded or insecure. You know, they didn't feel like they had their footing. Maybe they were insecure in their relationship with their partner or maybe they were between jobs. But they always seemed to be in a place of transition and not really feeling secure and tethered in their reality. So, you know, we would work on the traditional training and it just wouldn't solve the problem. But when we started looking more holistically at the situation, at the energy behind it, understanding what's going on in the human's life and addressing those patterns and, you know, behaviors and, you know, maybe um, even simply the fact of them telling me what's going on in their life, that finally created the catalyst to help the, the animal companion move past that behavior. The reason for that is our animal companions are mirrors, right? They're here helping us understand different lessons within our lives. They're part of our soul family. So if your animal is here to help you understand, um, you know, matters of grounding and security and feeling safe and secure and who you are as a person, they, are, they might show up for you as having all these reactivities so that you look at the, the energy behind it. Um, so what I've done is, you know, sometimes it's hard. We're, as pet parents, we are students, but we don't completely understand what our pet's trying to tell us. And that's where I love the chakras almost as an energetic cheat sheet, right? Because the chakras each have universal themes associated with it that affect all of humanity and has since the dawn of time. And just like we have chakras and seven major chakras, of course we have so much more, our animal companions have the same chakras. Um, and they also have the same things. So if your dog has, you know, is showing issues with UTIs, we know that has to do with the second chakra. Um, we know that it might be themes around, you know, I feel and balancing your needs with other people's needs and making sure that you're creating boundaries and you're, you know, you're 
you're preserving yourself, that you are um, standing up for yourself in situations you're not overgiving, you're not um, walking into the scenes of martyrdom. Um, and once you start addressing those in your life, you might find that your animal's UTIs start clearing up. Um, so our animal companions are really mirroring different things that, that uh, the universe wants us to look at. They're acting as our little uh, furry guides in our own spiritual journey. That is so amazing. And you know, what just clicked when you were talking is Candy is technically Tony's dog. When he had a, a, an office and his own company, I said to him, God wants you to get a dog because you're not taking breaks, you're not going to lunch, whatever. Mm. So she went to work with him every single day, and she was his dog. But once he started working from home, when he closed the business, Candy became closer to me and like let's say when we get up in the morning he'll get up and she won't move her tail will just move a tiny bit but she'll know from one end of the house to the other when i'm up and she hears me moving around she already gets the tail moving like crazy and she'll be waiting for me to get inside mm -hmm. oh and that it's, is so sweet right and it's like now it makes sense because she's the one that, let's say, is spiritual, just like me. I'm spiritual, where Tony's more realistic and doesn't understand that world. And so what's really neat about that, you know, again, Candy's name starts with a two. We, we talked about her name having the vibration of duality and balance. Mm -hmm. she, and she's three. She's a catalyst. Candy can be a way that you can speak to your husband and your husband can understand, um, you know, spiritual matters. It's almost like Candy's the bridge between your spiritual world and his more practical reality. Um, she can find that common ground for you guys. Wow. That is great. Yeah. This I mean, is something that I, I have never even given thought to. It's amazing. You know, it, it truly is because... I remember, you know, opening up to, you know, my spiritual gifts again after shutting them down. I remember really wanting to connect with my guides, where are my guides, I, you know, just grasping at air, grasping at straws. And a lot of times we don't realize that our animal companions are the best guides because they're there, they're tangible, um, you know, you know them really well, they know you really well. So if we sit back and we observe their you know, their motivations and their behaviors and what they're telling us, we can really garner a lot about them and ourselves, right? Because when we're learning about other people, it's an opportunity for us to revisit who we are, right? Either we're like, oh, yeah, I like Candy. We're both spiritual. Or we're like, oh, Candy has that um, stately stance. I don't. I'm more laid back. Having right. that point of comparison is a way for us to get to know ourselves better. Wow. I really have to pay attention from now on. i got to tell Tony this is what we need to do and focus on that. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, and it's fun, right? I mean, what a cute little ascension guide we have next to us. They're furry, they're friendly, they're cuddly, they're funny. Um, of course, they can be frustrating at times, and, you know, they're, they're some, arguably some of our most intimate relationships because we don't have walls up around our animal companions like we tend right. to have with other humans. 
So they right. are just, you know, they, they make this learning process really fun. So what would you say to them attracting fleas? Because last year and now this year, we are so bombarded with fleas. Mm, yeah, so that's that to do them. Yeah, so that has to do with two things. One, it can be for you. Okay, because I'm getting that it's two different messages. For you, the mm. messages of fleas is where are your energetic leaks, right? So think about how fleas kind of suck your blood a little bit, and it's not enough to like be a situation that you have to like. You know, it's not life threatening. You're not losing tons of blood, but it's just enough to be annoying. Where right. in your life are you experiencing those energetic drains? And again, it's a message coming through for you to really do that energetic hygiene and cleansing on a regular basis because you are so empathic and you're helping so many people over the airwaves that you still absorb some of that. So it's, you know, where are you, where's the leaky bucket in your energy? That also is going to affect your thyroid as you, you know, mentioned in the beginning of the call. For yep. your husband, the flea has to do with um, the small annoyances. What are those small things that add up, add up you know, they, they keep bubbling up until all of a sudden he explodes? Like, how can you prevent the annoyances from building up? You know, because all those little things are significant when they bubble up together. So, you know, maybe he needs to not brush things off as much, and if something's bothering him, to learn to, you know, speak up in a rational, loving, compassionate way, and find that common ground for everyone, you know, that's a win-win solution. <laughs> you, I'm laughing because you, you are so right. Um, the annoyance is, is my clutter. Ah. And I've been working on it for so long, trying to get rid of stuff, and it's like I get it sorted and then it gets put back into another room. <laughs> it doesn't leave that out. That you might want to explain to him. And I don't know if this resonates for you, but what, what kind of came through as you, as you mentioned this was a lot of empaths, we surround ourselves with clutter and things because it's a physical barrier to keep the energy out, right? It's, it's a physical manifestation of what we want to do to the energy. We want to protect ourselves. Um, so right. whether we're gaining a lot of weight or we're surrounding ourselves with clutter, it's almost creating a barrier. So that's the shadow side of boundary setting. Right, so it's healthy for us, especially as empaths, to learn how to set healthy energetic boundaries. And that means saying no, knowing exactly, you know, where your limit is and, and not allowing yourself to be pushed over it. Because if we don't know that and we don't impose boundaries in loving ways with those around us and our friends and our family and our pets, then we tend to build barriers and that keeps us separate from ourselves, from those we love, and also separate within ourselves. Um, so just, you know, especially as an empath, that's going to be a huge theme. And I am an empath. Exactly. <laughs> it took me a lot of years to learn that. And um, I actually learned that my attempt was in response to um, absorbing something that Tony was saying during a fight that it was over, finished, done, and, you know, and I grabbed the pills and whatever, and analyzing after the fact was, well, I said the same words that he said to me because empathically, my, that was my response. Yeah. Oh my so goodness. I learned um, to protect myself. And I'm so sorry, you know, to hear that, but you're so brave to share your story. I know that 
you know, mental health is one of those last frontiers that still is, yep. you know, carries taboo. And, you know, when I was on Madison Avenue, one of my most proud moments was doing pro bono work um, following Hurricane Katrina for the uh, mental health, uh, the government branch of um, raising awareness around mental health, SAMHSA, I think it was called. And it was to encourage people to seek help because after a major event like a hurricane, a lot of people are feeling devastated and they don't know how to process their emotions. And I learned a lot about how many people are suffering with mental health, you know, conditions and, and how it can really affect people's day-to-day lives. So the work you are doing is beautiful and surely it was part of your soul contract to go through that experience so that you could live it, survive it, and share it with others so that they may not have to get to the point that you did. And that's exactly what I tell people, and that's why I have my podcast, to spread the message and rid the world of the stigma of mental illness. Because what I break it down so simple as everybody at some point in their lives has experienced depression. Minor as it may be, depression is still mental. You experience anxiety. You're you're waiting online to meet somebody or get, you know, whatever that you're anxious about it, and that's also mental. So when you break it down that simple, people can understand why people like me that have more symptoms and are to the extreme that, oh, my God, now I understand a little more what she's going through. But I don't go through it any, anymore as much. Um, I'm regulated on medication, and as you said, my soul contract. That's the word I was thinking for Carolyn Mace, the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I That's actually so asked one of my angels on a Monday, please help me start feeling better because there's a lot mm-hmm. to the story, not just the attempt. It's physical and mental related. And... Monday and then Thursday night I was in the hospital and I knew that was God's answer because I had to crawl under the barrel to come up and he wanted me exactly like you said to experience it to, so I can have people relate to me and say, oh my God, she knows what I'm feeling. Absolutely. And, and I think it's important one thing that you said is, you know, of course there's the energetic aspect of healing, but you know, I'm not one to turn down traditional Western medicine as well, right? It's all about finding the right balance for you. You know, one isn't better than the other. You know, we're not in a, um, a place of separation anymore. It's not either or. It's what's the right mix and level for everyone. Um, but if you don't mind my asking, did you have a um, kind of a, a near-death experience? Did you see anything like the proverbial tunnel they speak of? No, it was like the devil took over and Tony held me, held me down for an hour because I wanted to reach for more pills. And I was looking at the knife and saying, I can't stab myself strong enough, so I'm going to just hurt myself. And, you know, all these things. And Tony was telling, to me, telling me, but you know it's wrong. And I said, I don't care. And I was wild and strong. So whatever took over my body and my mind at that point was not me. And, you know, a really interesting point about that is as we're opening up more to our gifts and especially empaths, even alcohol can have a similar effect where mm. if, your guard, if your energetic guard is down, 
other entities might be able to attach or influence you a little more easily. So, you know, I work with a lot of light workers who, you know, they, we can't trick those martinis <laughs> as much as we used to um, yeah. because it just, it kind of messes with our chemistry, it messes with our energy. Um, there was a really interesting article that actually um, uh, considered that it was as much as like energetic uh, ride-alongs or tag-alongs. You know, other energies could attach themselves to you and kind of jump into your body almost like that men in black and experience life and right. then, you know, pop out when you're, you're back into your right mind. Um, so definitely as we're, you know, as uh, we're energetic, you know, we're going through the energetic experience, we need to be more careful. And that's where those loving boundaries and setting protection around ourselves is going to be really important. Yes. And that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, and we're almost like, you know, kids learning to drive. (laughs) We're learning to drive our energetic bodies and, you know, how to lock the car, you know, how to adjust the mirrors. So it's really really an interesting time to be alive and opening up to our our spiritual gifts because there's so much to learn that it feels like everything's very new and fresh, but that a lot of us are going through it together. Whereas in the past, oh, yeah. maybe, you know, it was a little closeted, but the Internet mm-hmm. has created a, a global, you know, a, a global community for all of us light workers. Yes, and we're growing, and, and I see the world becoming a better place because we are growing and working together. Mm-hmm. But I just want to add to what you said because, yes, I had a virus for like two or three weeks that... I couldn't even get up off the couch, and that allowed a bad energy to enter me, for sure. Yeah, and so, you know, we're, we all have, you know, the good news is, you know, growing up in, uh, I grew up in Brazil, so, you know, there's very much that idea of, you know, black magic and dark entities as well as light magic and light entities, and, you know, one thing that I really had to work through was the fear. And as we open up to spiritual gifts, like, we have to be protective of ourselves, but I never, like, buying into the fear or the notion that I'm going to be psychically attacked or, you know, taken over. Um, because if we kind of have that in our minds, we might be creating a situation. So, of course, it happens. Of course, we want to be careful. But, you know, as, you know, with anyone who's opening up and they're like, okay, what's your advice? I'm like, focus on all the beautiful love and divine connections that you're going to make because that's really what it's about. Um, you know, we have free will. We can always tell things that we're not comfortable with. Not now. No, thank you. Time to go. And they have to listen. And I find that incredibly empowering. Yes, most definitely. And, um, you know, all these things that I have said about my experiences is because I didn't know any better, and now I do. And that's what I teach a lot of people is to know the difference and to set up the protection and everything to um, strengthen yourselves because when you do that, you don't run into the problem like I did. Totally. And, you know, I'd love to hear yours, but one of my favorite, you know, things to do when I'm in a moment where I'm feeling like a little uneasy or fearful is I just picture um, Archangel Michael with his wings flapping around me and getting anything that's not mine out of my energy field. Um, To me, visualizations are really powerful and I feel very safe and connected with, um, you know, Archangel energy that way. 
But what are some of the things you do to, to feel protected and safe? So the biggest thing is just picturing a white light around my body because that's going to be like a wall away from everybody else that has the negative energy. I actually taught my 8-year-old grandson that when he goes to school, he could protect himself from getting sick because he always catches everything by picturing the white light around him, and he understood that. But um, I also have a black onyx bracelet that I wear 99% of the time. Um, again, like you said, the Archangel Energy, I ask them to protect me. Um, Jesus' pre precious blood. And there's just so many different ways. And another big thing for people that understand what grounding is, you know, when you first get out of bed, you put your feet down on the floor and say, okay, I'm connecting to Mother Earth and I'm grounding myself. So there's just so many different ways. And... Um, then how I go forward with feeling good is the affirmation saying, I am healthy, I am happy. And that's posted throughout my house, even though it was 2014, it's still posted in my house. Beautiful. Wow, that's, that's really, really nice. And, and I know, um, yeah, I had huge shifts and changes in my life. And, um, you know, there were times that I felt a little ungrounded and unsettled. And... You know, sometimes it's, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I think we're, we're in a safe space. Um, I was forgetting who I was, and, you know, I was just getting lost in the story of, you know, gosh, how is everything going to come together? So I actually wrote with a, a dry erase marker on my mirror affirmation so that when I would brush my teeth, I could read those affirmations and I saw them. <laughs> those um, helped me very visually bring them into my body and my energetic space. So I love that you still have yours around the house as well. Yeah. And then Louise Hay, um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say who she is, but she's a, a self-help guru, and she always talked about the mirror work. Look in the mm -hmm. mirror and say to yourself, I love you. I love you. And just feel it coming back to you. And that's powerful. It is, and sometimes it might feel a little weird. We're not ready to do it to ourselves in the mirror. That's where our animal companions come in, right? Because we are, we can easily tell them how much we love them, how beautiful they are, how smart they are. And so right. if you can just shift that to realize that everything you say about your animal companions, they feel towards us as well, and they're reflecting back how beautiful we are, how smart we are, how nurturing and caring we are. It's almost right. an easier way to accept that unconditional love, when we can't accept it from ourselves, start practicing with your animal companions. Yes, that's great. And now that we shifted back to the animals, um, we're running low on time. I wanted to know what else you want to share about the animals and the communication. And, um, you know, I know that you have a course, a couple different courses, so you want to share about that? I would love to. Thank you. Um, so... You know, the, the animal companions really brought to me this notion that, um, you know, they're mirrors and that the chakras can help us better understand their behaviors and what their behaviors are trying to tell us. So I created a course called Healing with Chakras, where um, it's a seven-week online course, and we go through each week. We go through a different chakra, its energetic themes, and the pet behaviors that's associated with it. That way, if your dog has, for example, on-leash reactivity, you'll get a lot of traditional training input, but you'll also get 
some um, fodder for what's the energetics going on behind the scenes. You know, what is that omnitriactivity trying to tell you about yourself and where you're ready to make big changes in your life? Um, I love it because everybody has um, something that they can rebalance in their first chakra and their second chakra and the third chakra. And by doing one per week, we build upon our chakra system so we can either reaffirm what's working for us or identify something that, that might not be working out as well and replace it with a different story. Um, so that's an online class with live Q&A. You do pet readings. Um, I check in intuitively with what's going on for you and your animal companion. And um, that's one of the online courses I offer. The other one is about pet numerology, which, you know, we can get so much information about our little animal companions, their soul contracts, their tendencies. So that all to say, um, you know, I have a lot of online resources and a lot of online classes that I love to uh, share with heart-centered pet parents like yourself. And mm-hmm. you can find all of them on our website, www.petcrana.com, or you can follow me on social media at Denise underscore trainer, like dog trainer. That's wonderful. And um, I'm just picturing um, someone going through the course, would they, um, would you recommend that the animal sits next to them while they're doing the course, or does it make a difference? You know, it doesn't make a tremendous a tremendous difference. What's really neat is I've had a number of students say as they're taking the course, even on like week two, they're like, it's as if my animal knows I enrolled in this course because I see shifts in their behavior um, without really doing much change in their routine or from a traditional training standpoint. And what's beautiful about doing this course online with like-hearted pet parents is we're amplifying the intentions and energy and the love and the foundation that we're creating for our animal companions. So it, it really has been a magical experience to share with people and to be a part of. That sounds great. And I'm sure when I go inside, I'm going to be um, looked at differently by Candy and Lucy because they're feeling the, and knowing our conversation. Absolutely, and you're going to be looking at them through new eyes as well, and and that's why I love what I do. You know, I left Madison Avenue and a career in advertising to really open the hearts of, you know, humans and their animal companions and just help uh, create those catalysts. That's great. You're doing so much great work in helping people out where, you know, a lot of people think that they're getting the animal just to be a companion, but, um, you know, you you read and you hear about the animals that save their owners' lives and stuff like that. It really, you know, sounds like miracles all the time. They are. They are furry little miracles, and they are cute to be, you know. So uh, <laughs> they are They're the perfect little um, physical embodiment of all the love that we need and all the lessons we're here to learn. And, gosh, I can't, um, I can't imagine life without them. Right. Yes. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to share before we close our conversation? Uh, the last thing I'd, I'd like to always put out there is, you know, a lot of us might not have animal companions, but we have a huge passion for animals in general. Um, so even if we don't have pets, we can create shifts for animal companions in big ways by small gestures throughout our day. 
So even if we change our verbiage, right? So I never use the word pet owner. I just feel that's very old school. It doesn't honor the relationship, the bond, and, you know, the wisdom that our animal companions hold. So instead of pet owner, I say pet parent or pet guardian. And that just is a small way that whether or not you have a dog, cat, a bird, a lizard, you know, whoever your companion may be, that you can create that shift on behalf of humans and our animal brethren everywhere. And another interesting fact is, is um, I always laughed at people that said, oh, that's my baby and I'm mommy and whatever. Well, we talk about they're our babies because our kids are grown and out of the house. They're our babies and I'm mommy and Tony's daddy and, you know, they're part of the family. They are. And, you know, they are just like our human children. They are, you know, we love them to pieces and they're multifaceted and they have tantrums, but they also have great days. And, you know, I, I think it really shows the depth of the bond. And maybe people who don't have animal companions don't, you know, kind of get how that could be. But our hearts are so big and expansive. There's room for humans, for dogs, for cats, for birds, even animals in the wild. Um, you know, as we expand our heart in love and compassion, our own heart and our own soul grows with it. So I love that. Yes, it's wonderful. And you have a, um, a PDF that everyone can download if they go to your site, right? I do. If you enjoy this conversation and you enjoy Animal Companions and you'd like to learn, you know, more of the messages that I've gotten throughout the years as a pet intuitive, there's seven consistent messages that, that come through that the pets want us as humans to know. So I compiled them into PDF. It's called the Top 7 Things Your Pet Wants You to Know. And if you go to my website, petprana.com, there's a little icon that says, did you hear me on an interview with a microphone? And if you click on that, you get access to that PDF. And it's 30 pages, super cute pictures of animals, um, and it's just got some, some really uplifting messages that they want to share with us. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I just remembered something that Tony asked me to find out from you, if you have the answer. Do people, when their past, come back as animals? I'm sorry, what's the, what was the question? When somebody dies. Yeah. And they return, do they return as animals and our pets? Interesting. I, I don't know if human souls go into pet souls. That's not something I've really put a lot of thought against. But I can tell you that our pets come back to us. There's a number of animal companions that I've worked with who have been with their pet parents for many lives consistently, sometimes as dogs, sometimes as cats, sometimes as frogs. Um, and we recognize the energy. So when we're with them in this embodiment, in this iteration, we learn to calibrate our energy to recognize bears so that, you know, a lot of people say, I was at, you know, I was at the shelter and this one just popped out at me and it did exactly what, you know, my dog who passed away used to do, curled up with me just the way he did. That's your animal companion coming back to you. Um, so a lot of times, they, you know, we have some old souls in our, in our pet family that we've been with time and time again. Thank you. I didn't ask him why he asked that question, but I'm just wondering if um, Handy is maybe his dog that when he was growing up, because we went to the shelter to pick out an, an animal, mm 
and all the dogs were barking, but Candy was just sitting there nice and quiet looking, and it's like Tony walked past her, and then he walked back to her and back and forth, and it's like just her quietness called out to him. So and that's beautiful. It doesn't feel like it's his childhood dog, but it was the dog she knew. Um, it was a soul recognition. She was kind of waiting. She's like, Tony, come on. It's me. Come on. You, yeah, I'm going to go home with you. How many times do you have to walk by it and tell me? So it was definitely um, part of his soul family. It doesn't feel like his childhood dog, but it feels like um, someone who's played or an animal energy that's played a major role in past lives with him. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to ask him why he asked me that question, because I said to him, I don't believe it to be true. Mm. I think yeah. we just come back as humans. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm also going to have to think about that. So, Tony, thank you for opening my horizons and giving me yes. something to think about during my evening meditation. Yes, so please let me know what your response is and, and, you know, start asking questions. I think I'm going to start asking that of some of my guests. Yeah, great. (laughs) That's a good one. Yes, that's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for the work you do and the platform that you created. You know, mental health is something that affects so many of us and, not many of us yeah. feel we have a community to, um, you know, to go to or that understands, but it feels like so the work you do is absolutely beautiful and, and transformational. Thank you for your bravery. I am honored, and my thyroid, <laughs> like we said, was shut down, but now it's wide open, and I'm an open book. Oh, very beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you so much for having me and sharing me with your listeners. Yes, Denise, thank you for sharing with us. I really had a lot of fun, and um, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with my dogs and seeing how the connection is so different. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. So everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything Denise had to share. It was so much information that was, you know, directed me in a different way than I expected. And as a reminder, you can check out my info on my website at www.cathermlaub.com. I offer a free report on overcoming stress. And if you would like to speak to me, have me speak at your event, please contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com. And if you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my website, too. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, and if you're local, to Central Suffolk County, New York, in in person. And again, you can find Denise's information in that top seven PDF at www.pet. P-R-A-N-A dot com, petprana.com. And look for the, the PDF on the home page. And again, reminding you that Denise has that little recording. And I have seen some of the pictures on her site, and they're really cute and beautiful. <laughs> this is Catherine Lab. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. 
We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational. And if you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you like this episode of The Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has prompted others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.